C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert. Zookeeper. Zookeeper of all the animals and were the animals. Is that what you're implying? Okay. I wasn't implying anything. Oh, okay, okay. I just wanted to lie. Oh, oh, good, okay. Uh, that was T.C. Hale, uh, who used to be a touring comic when he lost his voice for eight years and 23 doctors couldn't help him. So now he went psycho, research and nutrition, and that's what he talks about and teaches people all over the world with his books and this radio show. And zookeeper. Al- the zookeeper of the world. Sticking to it. Uh-huh. And we also have Hottie Patati Will Schmidt, Mr. Frosting Maker. Frosting <laughs> Failure Maker. <laughs> so depressed. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. totally we'll just try to make a frosting for our cookbook and it it didn't, it, work. It didn't work but if anybody wanted to make like something with the goop on the top it would be awesome yeah. anything that looks like Pepto-Bismol yeah and the rule here is if it fails you have to eat it anyway <laughs> so I'm really nauseous awesome <laughs> yeah. but he did look cute making it y'all he has on a tank top so there's that um, so if you didn't listen to the last podcast, you're going to need to listen to that to do a little review because we're not going to review the whole digestion thing again. No, or the whole battle between the yeah, vegan, vegan and, the and paleo. And paleo and yeah. How they're both t- kind of similar, actually, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, you got to tune in to last week if you want to see yeah, one. So, so like cousins, yeah. paleo and vegan. If Maybe. you're listening on the Terry James Lab Network, then last week's show is probably already on iTunes, and if you're listening on iTunes, then just go one show before, and then there's part one. Mm. That's yeah. cool. And today, all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for all the details. And that's if they're paleo or vegan. There's mm-hmm. no there's We no don't discriminate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just like to have free stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, back to the paleo and vegan. Uh, we had a couple of, paleo was winning by a couple of points. <laughs> right. So it, just understand that, you know, Will and I both were vegan for a couple of years apiece uh, kind of thing. And now we're lean more towards paleo-ish kind of stuff. But we talked about all the pros and the cons uh, of, of either side. And, and um, bone broth. And bone broth. Mm. That's always good to talk about. So go back and listen to the episode. And now we'll answer people's questions all right people's questions here we go can i find them i'm stalling i'm stalling here i go i found it james from denver colorado false dichotomy there are other diets that are healthy such as omni heart diet a mediterranean diet and the dash diet yeah so if in case anybody else thought that we were saying here's the you have to pick one of these that's yeah. I'm not sure that's... No. Like in your books, you already state that... It's all about how there is yeah, no diet. Yeah, there's no is. diet that's right for any person. So, James, I would totally agree with you until you started talking about how the Dash diet is a healthy diet. That's uh-huh. almost... What is that, horrible. Mrs. Dash? Yeah, you just mm-hmm. you eat whatever you want, but you, you put, put Mrs. Mrs. Dash, Dash on, on it. it. Cool. Are so you serious? No. No, but it's like, it's like a how to reverse cardiovascular disease diet. By and eating it, only carbs? No, it's yeah, it's <laughs> like you eat like five or six helpings of grains, health whole grains. Oh, but then once you eat whole the food grains, pyramid, and they uh, 
and it's like reduce uh, sodium kind of diet. It's for high blood hypertension. To create hypertension. Yeah, <laughs> it's to create it. Is <laughs> okay. really what it is. it's a horrible diet. So I don't I don't recommend it for anybody. Um, you know, but it, it does have some aspects of reducing some garbage from your what you're eating, which is always a good thing. But it's it's basically my understanding is that it's the typical what anybody would tell you to lower blood pressure, which is to eat low fat, and it's just all the stuff that doesn't work. Right. And I always heard about Mediterranean diets because they have lots of good fats and stuff. Yeah, and that can be good. It's delicious. Like that, you know, but so this, the, the Mediterranean digestion. Mediterranean diet is different than it's the Dash yeah, diet. Yeah, than the Dash diet. But he, James has a point that there's lots of ways to eat, and if mm. you've read my book, Kick Your Fat in the Nuts, you will know that I don't recommend any specific diet. I recommend looking at your body chemistry and understanding how it's functioning and leaning what you're eating towards that. Awesome. So Marge, is this large Marge from Pee Wee's Playhouse? That would be oh awesome. I'd be, awesome. be so excited if it was. <laughs> Marge from Ontario. Everyone knows that saturated fats and cholesterol in animal products clogs arteries and cause heart disease. Now is that so, large Marge? I don't know if she's large Marge. I just have to say that every time. She may be small. She may be little Marge. It makes me angry. It does make you angry. People <laughs> yeah. say stuff like that, don't you? And it's okay, Marge. We don't think that you are stupid or anything like that. We just think that you're misinformed uh, aggressively. Um, and that's a message that has been going on for a couple decades now. But... It's it's a false message. It's, it's a lie in the It's universe. a lie. It's fiction. And what happened was a long time ago, a bunch of scientists um, found all these people that died of coronary heart disease. And so they cut them open to say, let's see what's inside. And they found all this saturated fat, uh, specifically a type of saturated fat called palmitic acid. So they said, well, all these people that are dead had a bunch of saturated fat in them. So we need to avoid consuming saturated fat or will get dead too. So that's a logical way to think, and I'm okay with them coming to that conclusion. It just so happened to be wrong. Yeah. So what happens is, when we eat carbohydrates, uh, they get stored in the liver and in our tissues in the form of glycogen, and those stores are limited. And once we exceed um, the carbohydrate intake that can be stored in that manner, then the body starts to turn carbohydrates into palmitic acid, this type of saturated fat, so that it can be stored in the body. So all this excessive saturated fat that these people were having was actually from eating more carbohydrates than they had the ability to store properly. So it doesn't come from consuming saturated fats at all. Mm -hmm. Do you want to yell at anybody about that? I mean, there's even studies that showed how like consumption of ghee, which is like clarified butter, lowered your low-density lipids, and it raised your high-density lipids, which right. is a good direction to So go. there's a lot of studies now, and, and what has happened is, and, and back when they first found this out, it was they kind of look at the beginning of this pathway that we took was the Time Magazine cover of the bacon and eggs making made into a, sm- a sad face. And that's when we thought that the world was flat, too. And we thought the world flat. was flat. So, yes, it was a long time <laughs> yeah. ago. No, I think it was probably 82, and they figured out the world was round in, like, 80, mm-hmm. oh, huh. yeah. back when they started yeah. passing out mm-hmm. parachute pants to everybody. But, so they, they kind of picked that as when this steamrolling engine started. And even this year, time put a big 
uh, article out and on the cover was a big slice of butter and their whole article was about we're sorry, we were wrong, saturated fats are healthy, fats are not the problem. Why, why didn't anyone think of putting the bacon as a smiley face this time? Right, I know, just mm-hmm. to straighten it yeah. out. Um, I want some bacon right now. Yeah, so this message that Marge has shared with us is a false message and you know most nutritional experts now agree and they've, they've seen all of the studies that show that Animal fats are not harmful. That saturated fat is not bad. It does not clog your arteries. It's, you know, cholesterol goes to correct damage. We have a whole episode on cholesterol and fats, and so you can listen to those other episodes for a lot more details. But everyone in the field now pretty much agrees that it's not a problem, but information travels very slowly. Yeah, and she lives in Ontario. Right. So maybe so they haven't Canada, gotten that information yeah, they get yet that up yet. there. A couple decades behind. Yeah. Right. But so it usually does take about 20 years for this type of information to make it. But just understand that it's it's a belief that we had in the past and we don't we don't have that anymore. Just like, you know, a mullet is a good idea. We don't mm-hmm. think that anymore. <laughs> right. I think they're still watching Welcome Back Carter. I love that there. show. That was good times. Mm-hmm. But one quick note on her thing, like, Polyunsaturated fats and high carbohydrates are the general culprits of bad, of high low density lipids. I'm not going to call them bad cholesterol, but that's what your doctor will call it. The uh, maybe we shouldn't get into because we have a whole episode on cholesterol already. Right, and there are fats. You know, trans fats are not good for us. If if you can't digest fat, it's not good to consume it. But we don't have to run screaming in horror from fat anymore like we used to think that we did. So in that regard, if that is your argument of why you should consume a vegan diet, you just lost. Yeah. Fat is the new black. Right. Oh, yeah. Once you go fat, you, you don't never go fat. Never go fat. As far as consuming fat. As far as consumption. You can add body weight. fat yeah, yeah, that's, you go back. That's for sure. You can go back from that. We saved ourselves there, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that whole book that you wrote. Yeah, oops, yeah. we had to cross that out. Okay, Dorothy from Portland. Why does it matter what our caveman ancestors ate? Haven't we made advances since then? <laughs> I, you know, I think that Dorothy kind of has a good point, and I kind of agree with this in the fact that so many people that argue for paleo will bring up all of the... Uh, scientific research showing that this is what humans ate and pre-humans, you know, if you want to call it, like before they had a cell phone or stuff like that. Um, They base that the paleo diet is the right diet on the fact that that's what it is. And I kind of don't really care what what they ate. I kind of like to know what's the healthiest foods to eat. And what was funny is name drop. When we um, interviewed Rob Wolf. Rob Wolf. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, but if, if I weren't around y'all, I wouldn't know who Rob yeah. Wolf is. So it's not a big name. But job. plus, like the Hartwigs and all the other, some of the other paleo experts that we interviewed for the movie, um, Why Am I So Fat, that will be coming out next year. You know, uh, that was when I started hearing about the paleo diet, and I didn't really know what the paleo diet was, much like Nina's friend. And <laughs> so um, I. But what I found was that I was pretty much eating paleo without knowing what paleo was. It just happened to be the foods that I found were the healthiest You're to very eat. very intuitive. Right. And, well, that wasn't it. I just researched a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. My intuitive was Little Debbie Snack yeah. Cakes and Rice Krispies. Oh, okay. So my intuitive was not so accurate. But um, with Dorothy, 
uh, I kind of agree that I, I don't really care. Even though there is science, I agree that it's valid, and if they eat it, then it should work for us because uh, our genes have not altered that much. Um, Except for the waistline. <laughs> but uh, what I care about is what's healthy, and it just so happens that the foods that they include in a paleo diet happen to be the healthiest choices that I can see for most people. Some people need to add some various variables in there for their specific chemistry, I find. Um, but no, my chemistry takes chocolate. Right. So that's specific to Kenna. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it it does matter, like, what works best. Like what you're saying, like this empirically, what foods should I eat? Like that's the ultimate thing that we need to go by. But I think there's a lot of, like, helpful ideas we can get from when we look at our evolution. Like how did people used to eat? Like how did our organism mm-hmm. evolve as a species? What mechanisms over millions of years did we evolve to like take on? And then what in our modern world has drastically changed that our systems are still not, they're not set up for because of our evolution. Right? That That's one problem is that uh, a lot of people that are so passionate about arguing in favor of the vegan diet is they say that animal products are what's causing all of these diseases, all the heart disease and the diabetes and all this stuff. Um, the problem with that particular argument is that those diseases are relatively new, especially the outbreak and the uh, the proliferation of them epidemic. being yeah epidemic status um, is new, and consuming animal protein is is not new even a little bit. Right. But all of these processed foods and the uh, you know excessive carbohydrate consumption, all of that stuff is new. Yeah. The biggest change really when we invented agriculture and the whole shift to like crops right. rather than insects, right. which is the primary protein source. And then the- that leads to, well, we made a whole bunch of this crop, so let's find ways to, what can we put soy in so right. that we, we make all these new fats that are supposed to be healthy that are actually much worse for us than the original butter. Yeah. And there is some like new advanced like nutritional supplementation which is awesome and can totally help people get out of trouble or take their performance to another level but then there's also just like the fundamental base organic nutrients that we still don't understand like there's things that happen when you eat like like we're talking about bone broth or like a plant source of vitamin c that's just very different than right anything synthetically manufactured yeah so we we like to go on the record just saying that we don't understand everything that happens because we think that nobody really does so you just kind of kind of use what you the best you can missy from saint augustine florida there are plenty of sources of non-animal based proteins to eat vegan and still get plenty of protein you look angry (laughs) will just gets angry i did so yeah it's just like because I think it would, I get most upset around the things that misled me so long and like right. were problems. Because we both did the same yeah, thing. Totally. I was the soy patty captain. Yeah, I never got too into soy, but I was doing a lot of plant-based proteins and while I was alkalizing, so I wasn't even digesting those because I had no stomach acid to digest them. But even since then, like learning them, you will not be able to consume the cor- like the ideal ratio of amino acids on a vegan diet if you're a human person it will not work like that is you can have a sufficient supply of amino acids but they're not going to be optimal your like your levels of glycine are just going to be way too low in your diet no matter how many plant proteins you eat because the ratios are off and the more say hemp protein you eat 
you're getting tons more like arginine, for example, and nowhere near enough glycine. And you just, you cannot correct that without like lab synthetic production of amino acids, which lack the true natural cofactors. Right. And, and the other problem, though, that we see now is that a lot of these fake tofurkey, you know, all this stuff that people eat um, are soy based. And soy, we're seeing very clearly now that soy causes a lot of problems with a lot of people. Mm. And then it, hormonal issues and mimicking hormones and all that kind of stuff. Babies drink a lot of soy. A lot of parents mm. give it's their a, babies soy. It's a big mistake. It's, it's a big mistake that we're, we're understanding now. And a lot of people are spreading the word of, I have an idea, don't do that. But that, you know, again, that message will take a long time to they get to Marge. They probably used to give baby cigarettes, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Smoke probably this did. and shut up. Right, right. Smoking is healthy. That yeah. used to be the ads, uh-huh. and that's what we believed for a long time. Oops. So, you know, we know for sure that our great-grandchildren are, when they read about the things that we did, they're going to they're gonna laugh at us, and they're going to point, and they're going to laugh. Um, but we're starting to understand, at least now, some things that we're really doing wrong, and and that was one of them for a long time. Yeah. I know also from the, just being friends with so many vegans and having been one myself for a long time, there's other, like a lot of people have moved away from soy and won't do soy at all in that realm. And they'll do more like hemp or fermented brown rice protein or pea protein. Sure. And those are mostly really high in arginine and still severely lacking in the amino acids that are abundant in like collagen and bone broth. And so when you eat those foods, yeah, you maybe get a trace amount of the different essential amino acids, but you're getting a super abundant amount of amino acids that could really be pushing you into imbalances. Like if you're already kind of low blood pressure and you eat a lot of hemp protein, your blood pressure is going to get even lower because it's so it's so high in arginine. Exactly. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And that's like a, that's a problem for like a lot of my clients. Uh, well, maybe like if you're out there and dealing with hypertension, like, oh, that's great. Maybe I should include more hemp protein to lower my blood pressure. But lots of the people that we see, whether they're overweight or underweight, are struggling with lower blood pressure. And then when they eat like hemp protein because it's a healthier choice, they think now they're having crazy crashes, you know. So. You know, I thought about low blood pressure the other day because I thought, you know, we used to always just, I mean, we still do hear about high blood pressure. And I didn't really know, you know, there was low blood pressure and the overweight people have high blood pressure. But I've met a lot of overweight people that have low blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, it's just high because of all the junk in their system. Sugar but then and, yeah. once they get rid of that, then they always had low blood pressure. And so that's why they were eating. And so right. it's like this cycle. Right, I'm and you could smart. T- oh no, it's an accident. Gosh. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but you could tell that the that the protein thing upsets Will a lot because he starts talking really fast. <laughs> and this vein on his <laughs> neck like starts bulging. But you know, if if you didn't do what we told you to and go back and listen to part one, understand that you know we said that if you're a vegan for ethical reasons or religious reasons or you don't want to make things dead and stuff like that, then that may be more beneficial. And there are ways that. Most people can get by, um, but if you're a vegan because you're doing it because you think that's the healthiest thing to do, then we're showing you the errors. Because we did the, we did the same thing. Joanne from Los Angeles, California. I lost weight my first couple of months going vegan, but then for the next year and a half, I had no energy and was always sick. Why did I feel so lousy while eating what most consider to be a healthy diet? And then Aaron says, probably running low on some key B vitamins and not enough complete protein. Those are the two most likely problems people going vegan face. So... 
We discussed a little bit uh, in the last, in the part one of uh, why people feel better initially when they're going vegan. So we won't go into that too much. But one problem that we didn't talk about is that when you remove animal proteins and animal sources of food, you generally lean towards more carbohydrates. And when you eat more carbohydrates, that turns into sugar, which can cause a lot of problems, not only weight gain. Um, so even though they lost weight initially on a vegan diet, a lot of people gain weight in the long run. Um, but we've talked on other episodes. Uh, we have an episode about the common cold, how uh, consuming a lot of carbs will pull calcium out of the tissue level because calcium follows sugar. And when you pull calcium out of the tissues and leave the cal- the tissues calcium depleted, you basically turn off your immune system and become susceptible to every cold that walks by. Hmm. Okay. So that can be a that can be a problem. Yeah, not fun. And then there's the other route if you go like pull out protein. You, would you describe in your your video newsletter in a really cool little way with the graphs where if you take one like of the three macronutrient sources of protein, right. fats, or carbs out, you're gonna probably increase one or two of the others. And if you're like, oh, well, I'm gonna not eat protein because I'm vegan, but I don't want to eat a lot of carbs because then I'll get fat. Then you're just piling on a ton of fat in your diet. And that looks maybe good compared to eating a bunch of carbs only, but you've got to be able to process all that fat. And it's really hard, even with like a well-functioning liver, to run off of just fat. It's a ton of work for your liver to keep up with, and you need all that bile to match that fat. So you're probably not going to feel very good. And I knew a lot of vegans that would do that. They'd have tons of coconut and tons of nut butters and things like that just to try to feel like fill the void you know and they're always gassy and bloated and weird skin issues and things like that right a lot of those fats that they use like the nut butters have a lot of fatty acids too and can push them overly catabolic Mm. as well and that newsletter that will was talking about it's a it's a 10-part video series newsletter that if you go to kickitinthenuts.com just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get all those for free and you can see what he's talking about you'll never be able to shut it off either once you get it I'm kidding. Um, Karen from Clearwater. It's just like Kenna. Ah, (laughs) Slam. Karen from Clearwater, Florida. After reading the China study, I went vegan. Well, I wouldn't eat dogs either. Is that the China study? I think it's different. I think you're thinking of a different. Okay. It was a different study. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think the China study has messed up a lot of people. And I, I really liked the book when I read it years ago. And it was probably one of the reasons that sent me vegan uh, for sure. Um, but it it turns out that it's it's very misleading and it's basically should be in the fiction part yeah. of the library. Um, because a lot of the studies that they did, they talk a lot about you know, the, the studies with rats. Um, but they're, they're using like these isolated proteins like casein and cramming that into uh, an animal that is not meant to use that. And then look, look, it died. So we shouldn't have anything that has casein in it either. What if you did the study with like dogs and chocolate? Like, you know, <laughs> right, all of them right, died. No one right. touched yeah. chocolate. So we anymore. should never have chocolate right. again. <laughs> so it's kind of taking a piece of science and running, you know, some type of study and then using that inappropriately to uh, convert to humans. And it just, it just doesn't do that. Um, It's like we talked in an episode a few weeks ago about the gluten study where they were giving people capsules of gluten and well, who's going to 
take a gluten supplement. Nobody, nobody does that. So um, a, a lot of the studies that have backed the vegan movement have just been poorly presented and uh, used inappropriately. Like they're, you know, like the cholesterol studies they did with rabbits and rabbits are not meant to consume that. Rabbits eat green stuff. That's what they're built to eat. Um, so a, a lot of studies that we do on animals that we, we translate to humans really, really miss the boat in a big way. And there's a lot of new studies and even studies that existed before this book came out that you know include men and women, over 300,000 people that show that red meat consumption actually reduced the risk of heart disease. And if you just leave those studies out and just use the ones that you can manipulate to show that animal products are horrible, then you can make any that point valid. Yeah. Well, the tricky part about like any diet, any like supplement, any study like that is they're not looking at the individual. Like on purpose, they're looking at the general population and how this thing, you know, seemed to impact this group. Much like a drug study, like, oh, 50% of the people got better. But, you know, the other 50% died. What happened died. to <laughs> like, mentioned. Yeah, and so, like, you, like whether you're going to, like, run, a, like, a test paleo diet versus a group of vegans, like, in a five-year, 3,000-person study, you're still not going to actually learn anything valuable about that because you want to know what's right for you, and you're not going to find that in a group study of statistics. You have to look at what do you personally need. Right. You were not represented in any of those studies. The other, when they filter through all the studies that they're trying to promote the vegan diet with, the only one that came close to looking at the actual diet instead of the fact that, you know, one thing with a lot of these studies is a lot of these studies were run off of vegans that uh, they found at like a health food store. So they're already health conscious. They're already taking steps to improve their health, they're exercising, they're doing all these things. So the only study that really just looked at the diet was they looked at a vegan low-fat diet compared to the uh, diet that the uh, Diabetes Association recommends for type 2 diabetics. And they, they, the study was all about comparing those two, and they found that the vegan low-fat diet was a very small percentage better than the one for the diabetes. And so then they're like, okay, we proved it. The vegan diet is is the way to go. And the problem is that both of those diets are crap <laughs> for almost anybody. I mean, consuming a low-fat diet, you're restricting your something that your body needs. It needs fats. And the the diet that they recommend for people with type 2 diabetes, is it should, it's almost criminal. I mean, you're taking someone that can't process carbohydrates and you're telling them they need to eat four or five servings of carbohydrates every day it's it's criminal mm. so don't back your choices between a comparison a, a comparison of two crap diets that's <laughs> that's a good policy yeah. for you to have in your life all right rick the evidence behind a vegan diet is stronger than any other stronger that it's crap or stronger that it's good he so that's specify. So we just talked about all that. Yeah. So we don't need to cover okay. that more. All right. Isaac from Alexander, New Zealand. 
Meat, milk, eggs, butter, any kind of animal product food is full of essential protein, vitamins, minerals, and other stuff that is essential for a healthy body and healthy organs and a healthy brain. However, you need to balance it with vegetables. The human body is simply not ready for a vegan diet. If it was, then why do we need to take all those pills full of supplements that animal products provide? Good one, Isaac. Isaac. It's because he's in New Zealand. Uh-huh. New Zealand yeah. seems cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, I want to go there. They're on it. Uh-huh. You know, the husbands get six weeks of uh, uh, maternity, maternity leave. leave. Wow. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I love Go there he, and just start having babies with people, you know? I love how he said proteins, vitamins, minerals, and other stuff. Like, that's <laughs> so true. Like all these other cofactors. Science really doesn't even know like all the things going on when you eat a whole food. Right. And the, the, a big point there is that it's about balancing it with the vegetables. It's not about just eating meat. And a lot of people look at paleo like it's just butter and bacon. And if you're doing it right, that's not, well, that's not right I'm at all. I'm going to do paleo tomorrow then if it's <laughs> butter and bacon. Um, but it's, it's more about eating real food. And um, so vegetables are a part of that. And vegetables are a very important part of that. Yeah, I mean... For a long time, like I would, as a vegan, I was really into like the benefits of the different superfood and plants and things like that. And one person to look into, like seeing like the real power of of the vegetables and their impact on nutrition, is a guy named Dr. Gabriel Cousins, who does fantastic things with reversing type two diabetes with a fully vegan diet. But he just understands the importance of the micronutrients and you know the health and vitality of the plants that they're eating. And he has some he has some really great recipe books and things as well. But check him out, Gabriel Cousins. It'll help you appreciate like what plants can do because they have they have incredible powers to like reverse diseases and provide all these trace minerals that you don't get from animals. So don't just think, oh, I just need these base macronutrients, or I can just eat animals and I'll get my minerals from that. Right. Yeah, I, I like to see somebody's plate have more vegetables than than meat on it. I think that's a good route to go. Yeah. You said like good rule of thumb was like. The size of your palm should be about your protein serving, and then two palms for your vegetable. Say like your whole hand whole is hand, a vegetable. Right, yeah. All right, Adrienne Duncan, uh, Oklahoma. I lost over a hundred pounds. I consume lots of protein and produce. No processed foods. Limit dairy. No grains. No sugar. No potatoes. I've retained my health for twelve years now since making the change. Good job. See, that's good, and it's... it's Sounds balanced. Yeah, it's balanced, and it's taken the junk out. And High five. It's, it's taken out the problematic foods and just leaving real food. And I think that's that's the benefits of either the vegan or the or a paleo diet is that they promote more real food, and that's why you, a lot of people see improvements with both. All right, Dan. Which diet takes longer to prepare meals for and which tends to be more expensive? Man, I think you could do expensive on either. Yeah, I think you really could. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, produce is expensive, especially if you get organic and natural and you buy the good stuff. It's going to be expensive too. Just expensive. I mean, meat. Yeah, when I was vegan, I found that I, I just if I wasn't since I wasn't eating meat. I wanted to find ways to turn vegetables into meat. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I felt like I, I was spending a lot of time trying to make recipes that were, would fool me a little bit in some way. Um, 
But at the same time, uh, you know, you can buy grass-fed beef and stuff, and it can get expensive if you get the expensive stuff. So, I, but I, again, you're looking at the quality of the food that you're eating, and I think that that's a big mistake that we make in this in this country, is that if you look at all the other countries and you compare the amount of money that we spend on healthcare compared to the amount of money that we spend on food, like we're the lowest, we're the jacked up. We spend the least on food and the most on our healthcare. And that really needs to flip around. And if you spent more on your food, you wouldn't have to spend as much on your healthcare. And you get yummy food. Right. And the food would be delicious. Mm-hmm. All right. Tyra from Las Vegas, Nevada. You hear so much about missing out on specific nutrients on a vegan diet. If someone is vegan, what is the best way to supplement the nutrients that they are not getting? Simon from Wrexham. As a vegan, what defi- <laughs> As a vegan, yo, what deficiencies do I have to watch out for, dude? And which is the most important one, man? Kenna, could you please read this in a surfer dude's accent, man? Simon, I don't know that that I one worked out as well. I don't know that that's it because I'm not I thought a that dude, was Ali but Jean. if I was going to surf, <laughs> this is what it sounds like. It started like. British and then it went to yeah. Cockney. Anyway. So there are a couple of options. Um, so let's say that you are vegan and you realize, okay, I'm not getting some of the things I need. Um, some of the choices are, like we talked about before, just do like a vegan point oh thing where if you feel okay doing eggs or some type of dairy, you know, just uh, maybe you're okay with only fish because you don't want to eat something that's cute like a chicken or a puppy, but... A fish is slimy Poor and gross, fish, so I'll yeah, eat that. Nobody, just, nobody yeah. wants to cuddle with a fish. Yeah. So if you could do anything like that, you can you can help. So that's one step that I really like to see people do. Um, another step is that you can get whole food supplements that are animal-based. The company Standard Process makes a lot of them. They have one called, I think it's called Proto Food. That is a, it's like an amino acid supplement that has all of the cofactors and everything in there it, it can be really strong you need a a professional a chiropractor or someone some type of uh, doctor or health coach that has a standard process account to access those but there are options out there if you feel okay taking this supplement um, again they come from animal sources so if you're against that that's not really going to work for you yeah yeah those weren't really vegan solutions they're like you're basically saying you're not going to find a solution, right? Right, right. I'm basically saying I'm going to be a vegan except for this capsule. (laughs) Except for these animal parts in this capsule, right? Yeah. One other, like, thing you can do to help is um, there is a product called Sterols. I think it's available on Natural Reference if you have, like, a health coach. You need a health coach to get uh, that. Okay. Well, there is a product called Sterols. You can probably find something like it if you do a Google search. That's the fraction. It's like the sterile or cholesterol-rich fraction of wheat germ oil which is a way to help balance out the fats in your diet. If you're not going to eat any animal cholesterol sources, you, that's from wheat germ, which is gluten-free. Don't worry about the thing. And you can get more saturated fats that way. But as far as the amino acids, like you're not going to find an ideal balance of amino acids without some animal protein. Right, so let's look at the major things, though. Like We, we know that B12 is a big deficiency that shows up. So doing some type of B12 shot is one piece of the puzzle, just understand that 
you're not totally fixing your B12 issues because there's a lot of cofactors that can't be received in a, a shot or a supplement form. Another way, like there is some study suggesting that possibly some intestinal flora can produce B12. And if you have like the right flora, they can help manufacture a lot of the B vitamins that you're consuming. I don't know which specific strains or if that's been really verified, but there's right. the possibility. That, but, but that could possibly help one thing. Yeah, but then um, you're eating bacteria, which is kind of an animal. Right. Mm -hmm. um, iron is another issue that a lot of people deal with, and you can usually supplement iron in, in some way. Um, but so those are steps that you can take to kind of try to fill in some gaps. But the real question you have to ask yourself is, why am I doing this? Why, you know, if I'm doing this because it's the healthiest choice, that's an error. If you're doing it for personal, religious, ethical reasons or whatever, then that's okay. That may be beneficial to you not to do something that you're against. And in that case, just try to fill in the gaps that you can. Uh, a really important thing, too, is to make sure your digestion is well so that you can at least get all of the nutrients out of whatever you are eating. And we do know that Simon has improved his digestion a lot and fixed a lot of problems like that. So that can be one step in, in the right direction and if in it's, a big way. If it's something where you're just like grossed out by meat, then you might want to do like a collagen or a gelatin supplement because that's just powder or jello pops. And who's grossed out by that? Right. There's always room for jello. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just pouring collagen into your shake would totally fix your amino acid ratios. And it's not gross, doesn't have a face. Isn't that good for your skin? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, so there's a lot of, it really, it just depends on what is the issue with you, how severe is it, what are you willing to do and not willing to do, but there there are steps to kind of fill in the gaps a little bit, um, unless there's not. Unless you're <laughs> right. totally against yeah, right. anything that has to do with any type of animal thing, then, then it's a, a problem, and my suggestion is to just Change Do what you can. Yeah, yeah. Just to, you know, if those are your beliefs, change your just, mind. just change your beliefs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, it's it's just to do the best you can with what you have until the problems become severe enough that maybe you do need to do something. But I think in most cases, most people can find some ways to fill in gaps. It just may be a lot more work. This is funny, Christopher from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I get it. I got it. Vegans need to supplement B12 and possibly iron. Protein from hemp and peas are good. He's to kind of what you just said about B12 and iron. You mentioned that just now. Yeah, and uh, you know the the vegetable proteins are something, but again, they don't they don't contain everything that you need. Again, it's a step that you can take to fill in a gap or at least something. Mm -hmm. Better than nothing, right? Deb, from Bradenton, Florida, paleo is better. I'm glad she summed it up for us. She, she did sum, sum it up. So let's sum it up with Deb then yeah. in that um, there are pros and cons for both situations. We covered those a lot in, in the first, in the part one of the show. Um, but the most important thing, especially if you want to include more animal protein, is to be able to digest it and to take the steps to improve that. Yeah. I mean, I think overall, the main problems with uh, paleo diet, the downsides we saw were just people having difficulty digesting those foods initially. And if they do the work to fix that, then in general, the paleo diet can work really well for a lot of people. 
And you can take your nutrition further when you learn to nuance it even within the realm of paleo and optimized digestion to see like what are your goals, how do you tweak your nutrition based around that, based around your current imbalances. But uh, there is a really great strong foundation of good nutrition in the paleo realm, whereas what we looked at and talked about in the vegan realm, there's a lot of nutritional deficiencies that will develop over time that you just can't really get around if you're committed to that. Right. And one important thing to do is to uh, under is to better understand some of the benefits that may show up from the vegan situation, and then you may be able to uh, make other choices. Because if you went vegan because you felt better, see, people will go vegan in the beginning and they'll feel better immediately because they remove the burden of uh, meat that they don't have the ability to digest. And they'll feel better immediately. And then slowly over time, they'll just start to feel worse and worse. But they never take the thought of, oh, it must be the vegan diet. Because the vegan diet made them feel better. Mm. So they always assume it must just be something else. Mm -hmm. I need to find some other answer. There must be something else going wrong um, that I need to fix. But the vegan diet made me feel better, so I know it's not that. And... But if you understand what's going on, why you would feel better initially with a vegan diet, if you understand the problems that uh, are rampant with meat uh, that is produced and grown incorrectly, um, and if you can move away and eat a healthier form of meat and then fix digestion so you can actually break that meat down, then meat can be a very healthy part of your diet and give you all the nutrients that you need. And then you're not forced into this vegan situation because I think it's just more people think that vegan is the healthy way to go because that's what's been crammed down our throat uh, for a long time and if you talk to people in the street you can ask them you know what's better uh, vegan or eating meat and they'll tell you that vegan is the healthier thing to do but I'm not going to do that um, even people that don't want to do it think that it's the healthier option so a lot of people move that direction because they think it's the better choice. So once you understand um, how to fix that and how to eat meat correctly and eat the right type of meat, then you can have the best of both worlds. You can have the health benefits and you can have a steak. Mm-hmm. Remember when we didn't even have a sponsor? Well, that was silly. So now Audible.com is giving all of our listeners a free audio book of their choice just because we say Audible.com. To find the link, go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook. And if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com or head on over to Will Schmidt's page, um, mybodyofknowledge.net. And just... So what we did in this show is we just kind of wanted to talk about the pros and cons of two popular diets that are out there. But if you've heard anything that we've ever done or read any of our books or taken any of our courses, you know that we believe that there is not really a diet that's right for every person. It's, it's all about um, what does your digestion have the capacity to break down. Uh, food choices need to be geared towards that. And also what imbalances might be going on in your body and, and what foods could help improve that situation. So it's really about understanding your own physiology and then catering diet choices to you specifically is, the, is really the way to do it. Yeah. Will says yeah. All right. Well, as long as Will says yeah. Yeah, as long as we got it confirmed, we're, we're, we we're got going. it. I concur. All right. 
that. So, and thanks to everybody who has been going to iTunes and leaving us reviews. We have like so, so many of them now. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps us uh, spread the word and have more people hear the show. All right. So go eat some steak. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.